right, we back again with another episode of the Hot Drop Podcast. You know, this is episode four. I hope you've been well. Hope you've been well. So, here's a little housekeeping. Go ahead and um, whatever um, platform you want, whether it is Spotify, Apple Music, go ahead, subscribe to the podcast so you can, you know, so you can be updated on all the all the podcast episodes that's going to be dropping re- really, really soon, really soon, really quickly. And also make sure you hit the notific the um bell. Whatever bell it is, you know. Um basically put in your notifications, whatever new episode drop, so you can keep in touch, keep in date with the podcast. So um without further ado, let's get in to the first topic of the podcast, which is um this Jim Jones and I don't know, these Jim Jones I guess jabs at Pusha T. It's it's it is really Weird and interesting that um I don't know, Jim Jones was just so vocal about um push push a T being on the um Billboard's top fifty greatest rappers of all time list. Also, if you wonder if I looked at the list, no, I haven't, haven't even checked it out because it's Billboard and Billboard they be on some BS sometimes. So I'm like I'm not looking at that list, but um he had choice words to say like, and I quote. What has he done that puts him in the greatest rappers of all time besides talk about Coke that he probably didn't get himself? <laughs> and then he followed that up with saying, um, I think on Breakfast Club, after like whatever after the rap um caviar um interview where he said the first statement that you're not in my top fifty, Jones said Pusha. You might be in Charlemagne's top fifty, but you haven't done much for me in my life. I didn't never want to be like Pusha. I never had a, a Pusha moment in my life. And then, I don't know, he goes on to say in either the Breakfast Club interview or the Rap rap Caviar interview that um that Pusha T and never really had no influence like that. And that um, most people can't name five Pusha, Pusha T songs. I'm like, that's crazy. Because like, when I first heard, like when he said, can't name five Pusha T songs, I'm like, that's easy. I can name... Uh, these are the games we play. Uh, infrared. I was dreaming of the past. Bremlinton. I pray for you. And most of them songs I just named was off his recent album. So like, yeah, he he tweaking. And this man said he never had influence. Like, Pusha T had everybody rocking bait. Like that's that's crazy. Everybody was rocking bait because of Pusha T. And this man saying he doesn't hold that much weight and influence over the culture. And this is Jim Jones balling, like the the one hit wonder man, the man's that it took over close to three decades to actually two decades really to learn how to rap and finally make a decent album. And this is the same man who went on to collaborate with them with a god awful producer and like DJ Khaled and Busta Rhymes making that honestly. Xenophobic song called A Rap Money. <laughs> Why did they ever make that song? Like, that. <laughs> we getting A Rap Money. Like, that is. That's a crazy song if you ever heard it. And that, that came back, back in 2008. And I was on the GTA 4 uh, soundtrack. But getting back to the topic, it, it's crazy that Jim, Jim Jones is talking like this. Like, he'll ever be top 50 like come on Jim Jones like you you he's just been talking reckless like 
He's saying he was a better rapper than Conway. Then he said, I don't know, I think he said something about staying toe-to-toe with like Lil Wayne. I'm like, Jim Jones been off that uh that jungle juice or something. I don't know, man. Been been take popping them pills, man, been tweaking a little bit. But moving on to the next topic, I wanted to um really discuss um the Joe Budden and the and the uh Gilly the Kid type, I don't know, podcast beef. They had a couple words, you know. I think Joe Budden, um, I think complained about um Gilly the Kid uh having ads on his podcast and said it erupts the flow of the podcast or whatever. Blah blah blah. And then Gilly basically responded to Joe Budden saying, you know, you out here broke. <laughs> get get your money up, not your funny up. <laughs> <laughs> show that money spread on bro pull, definitely pull a Johnny show that money spread <laughs> yeah basically same way he broke and you know he getting hella pape off that uh them ads and them ad revenues and then um Joe Budden responded back saying like hey man let's show the paperwork to see how much money you really make it from the podcast or whatever then um I forgot what Gilly said and then Joe hit the juggler by saying, um, yeah, man, look look at that window on top of the bed you be in, gang. <laughs> you ain't really getting money like that. Basically, it's the same way this man either <laughs> bed is in a in a place like in an attic or like in a basement. Basically calling that man broke. And I'm like, personally, I wouldn't take that. I, but, you know, that's that's just me. And so, uh. They doing this little back and forth. And I think it'll be very interesting to see, um, daughter, how how far this podcast beef go. I don't think it's going to go too far where it, like, gets, you know, violent or anything. But, like, I don't know. It's, I think it's good to see. It's, um, it's good. I mean, not really. Yeah, it is good to see because, you know, both the numbers will go up, you know. Negativity, you know. Negativity sells. Negativity promotes. You know, bad publicity. You know, any publicity is good publicity, even bad publicity. So that would be interesting to um to see how that develops. And so now I'm getting into Spready Gibbs. That topic. And I'm gonna say it again. They clowning this man Freddie Gibbs on Twitter by calling him spready gibbs like that's that's crazy like i couldn't let nobody call me spready gibbs and so okay let me give context let me give um context to this and so there was this beef between two rappers named freddie gibbs and benny the butcher so this all happened because um it was this incident that happened think back in 2021 or 2020 where like Benny the Butcher got in a near fatal um near fatal uh attempted robbery at a Walmart because he was I guess he was caught slipping got caught lacking at the Walmart luckily he wasn't too banged up but um I think they tried to rob for his jewels and you know they they get the jewels up off him and so um he was recovering for a minute and um, I think Freddie Gibbs commented on that. I said, "Man, I can't take any rapper seriously who who got 
I can't even listen to a rapper's music slash I can't take a rapper seriously who just got robbed. And I'm like, and like also for more context, before Freddie Gibbs said that, um, you know, Freddie Gibbs and Benny, they was rocking with each other. They were seen celebrating out in Miami. They even had a song, which I can say, um, yeah, hold on, let me, let me, let me uh, check Spotify real quick. It was called One Way Flight, yep. Benny the Butcher featuring Freddie Gibbs and Freddie Gibbs um featured on um Griselda stuff, Slight Heavy, like he was on West Side Guns Pray for Paris album and the song was titled Let me let me look that up for y'all. It was five hundred ounces he was on and then he was definitely on um Conway's um God Don't Make Mistakes. Wait, no, it wasn't God Don't Make Mistakes. It was from a King to a God album, and the song was titled, titled, um, Everything, Seen Everything But Jesus. And so, um, and he was on the, um, Bodie James song, too. Now I'm thinking about it, he was on that Bodie James song, and it was called, I mean, oh yeah, and the, and the Bodie James song, I'm talking about Freddie Gibbs was on, it was, it was off an album called The Price and Tea in China. And the song was called Snort. And S-O-S-N-O-R-T. Snort. And so that's the song he was on. And so when he said that, of course, rightfully so, you know, Benny uh, took felt some type of way. And so they exchanged word on Twitter to, uh, um, you know, it was idle threats. And then, you know, this and whatever but um it came it came behold twice because um they i guess you know uh freddie gibbs was in buffalo or somewhere in new york and um they called him at a at a barbecue restaurant with him and um his um porn star girlfriend at the time um fit mommy and they put the beast to him they minka minka book booka dooku dooku <laughs> put feet hands to that man Oh my god, they gave him in a pumpkin face, pumpkin eye. And I think they um stole Fit Mommy jewelry. But the, the Fit Mommy Percy will be coming back to in a moment. But um yeah, that that was crazy. And then um, you know, Benny go telling him like, What happened at the barbecue spot, man? They put hands to you, they put feet to you, they minka, muka, baka, buka. Mr. Minks and his his goonies, you know, put them feet to you. And then, you know, they was exchanging. I think one of the funniest ones, the funniest um, responses I can remember was when Freddie was like, uh, the <laughs> the barber called a nigga. And I was like, yo, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> he said the barber coming. <laughs> and then he said something about, are you always wearing them hats? <laughs> I'm like that's that's crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Whew. Um. Hmm. Okay. So now we getting back to the Freddie Gibbs situation with with um, him and um Fit Mommy. I'm trying to find like the actual Twitter thread. This was this was in. But hold on. Let me let me see. Do do. Okay. 
Okay, let me go ahead and uh, check the thread. Okay. Okay. I found the um the thread and so it was basically a lot of stuff happened. So like they was dating. I don't know when they started dating. They were dating. It was having a good time, having fun, um, or whatever. Blah blah blah. Then they then she said this man Freddie Gibbs just said all this about, oh I want to marry you, and have a child and build a family and blah blah blah. Um. And uh, you know, basically the man was was um Kevin, you know. Obviously, it's like, and I don't know why she feels for that stuff that man said about wanting to be with you, wanting to have a, a baby or whatnot. I'm like, I, mm. and that happened, situation happened in um, New York. She said that she was, um, whatchamacallit, that she was spooked, had nightmares, didn't want to ever go back to New York because of that experience and you know and this is all what happened while he's on tour in like other countries and like she's still in the US and like allegedly she was paying this man phone bill and I'm like that's crazy that that was crazy and then um a few weeks go back after that incident and like he's still touring like these different countries or whatever she get pregnant and then when she could say she's pregnant, he go dead silent. Like he just activate perk dead silence. Just didn't say nothing. Just flake. <laughs> and then um, you know, at the um, she was at the little abortion clinic or whatever, and I guess heard the sound of a baby and didn't want to get aborted now. So like she kept the baby. Probably probably should have got rid of it. Seeing her. He's probably not going to be a absent father. Also, on a side note, I think she did say during that whole little time, one of his baby mamas came came after her and just, I don't know, got on her head, started tweaking. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. And then um, the craziest thing is still that she was paying this man phone bill. Like, how you a rapper and you, you letting your whole GF paying for your phone bill, gang? I don't know, man. Them, them chains, that big rabbit chain might be Fugazi. Somebody had to might check it because it might not be a rabbit at all. It might be a fox under that chain. Because <laughs> that's... And man, I don't... She must have been really delusional and thought that she was the one or something. Or must have been really in love with that man. Because um, how you out here paying a rapper's phone bill, man? <laughs> like, that's That's crazy. <laughs> Like, like, especially if he wasn't responding to you or like he was talking crazy to you or something like that, which I think he he was in, in some and and like the few responses she got, boy, I would have you you should have cut that phone off, man. Like, yeah, he he want to play, 
cut that phone service off on bro. Couldn't text nobody. Couldn't call nobody. And then um, it was a legend. Another screenshot went around where he was like, um, "I'm ugly without you. I ain't really, I ain't really nothing without you. I'm just another nigga. I'm making you proud. I love you." With a bunny rabbit and a love. If I don't call that toxic love bombing or whatever, that's crazy. That is definitely crazy to me that, that he doing that. And so, um, basically, after she made, like, this whole viral thread that went viral on Twitter, like, I'm pretty sure you can still find it. And so, she basically said, like, yeah, you, you want to block me or whatever. If you don't, basically, you un <laughs> You better unblock me before I release them pictures of you spreading your booty hole. And I'm like, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Spread, spreading the booty hole, gang. I'm, I'm, I'm not lying to you. And I was like, that's crazy. So this whole time, my Freddie Gibbs been always making these hashtags of tagging nigga who he ass. He was out here spreading, spreading cheap, spreading the hole, just busting it wide open. But I always knew it was, it was just always something off about them Gary, Indiana niggas, man. That's where he from, too. It's always some. It's always something with them, them Indianimals, man. You, you got to watch them. They they be on some, some interesting timing over there. <laughs> but, yeah, I just wanted to bring that to light. And that's how Twitter just deemed him Spready Gibbs. I'm like, Spready Gibbs still crazy. <laughs> And yeah, he been getting cooked all over the timeline. And I was like, that's crazy. He then gave Benny the Butcher some ammo to, to make a crazy diss song. And then, you know, he was also low-key beefing with DJ Academics. You know, taking jabs back and forth, calling a man a, a fat tubby tubby. <laughs> Call that man pork and rhymes, all types of stuff. Crazy, just <laughs> throwing jabs back and forth. And I think, um, I think DJ Academic said something crazy about, um, yeah, about the situation saying that, um, while, uh, Fim was shooting a scene at Plug Talk, <laughs> the baby itself was like, no, mommy, don't do this, no, or getting allegedly, um, DP'd or whatever, I'm like, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's a wild violation. And like basically calling Freddie Gibbs with <laughs> I guess getting the um a OnlyFans model pregnant. But like I don't know why DJ Academics fat fat being fat here that be talking, man. Like this man be trying to still trying to wife Selena Powell to this day. And if you don't know who Selena Powell is, thank the Lord you don't, because like she messy. She's a messy groupie that just Bad, bad energy all around, but, um, I can't seem to get enough, because, um, he has issues himself. So, I'm gonna just wrap up that, and I'm gonna go ahead and get into, um, the music I've been listening to lately, because it's been a while, and a lot of stuff done dropped since the last episode, last, well, actually, not even last, the last time I talked about it, so, you got, um, it's not in any order, so, like, I was listening to that new Fat Money album, Cinco de Money 7, you know, if you ain't heard of Fat, Fat Money, he's straight up out of Chicago, out the city, 
and he wrote my boy uh frankie mitchell put me on to his music and i was like pretty dope artist and so i'm gonna just give you the rundown like some of my um some of the songs i like clean face dope song, a dope opener to the track very bouncy then you got um you got bad man old 21 um you got a stampede and uh for and uh for us them the them the tracks i really like off that album and then you get um you get won't he do it hmm by conway the machine and this is part of this is the first part of his double album and i think the second part gonna be coming real soon but this will be i think side a of his double album so it's called what won't he do it um I felt okay about this record. It wasn't mind-blowing or anything. It wasn't how people were saying that oh, a huge drop-off from... Um, what was they saying? A huge drop-off from, from a king to a god? Yeah, I don't I don't know why people saying Conway falling off. Like, them... I hate just them Griselda old head just... just long time diehard fans they just want everybody to still be rapping on on dusty home invasion section eight beats not section eight because they pull quality beats but like just the the grimy atmosphere like nobody be trying to trying to rap like they in the, the streets of gotham bro <laughs> like you know they trying to do something else change the flows change the style of beats they rap into but like won't he do it it's pretty solid i don't think there's a whole lot of great records but it's just a whole lot of good cool records on here and so like my favorites off of here was um definitely brooklyn chop house you know conway and benny always kill it and fabulous didn't have a bad verse either and then you got the the song named conway it's very like uplifting you know like you know i made it type beat um and then you got uh you got Brucefix, that old school, you know, you know, the Gris you know, what what Griselda, you know, used to rapping on them grimy beats, you know. Conway and Westside kill it on there. And then you got Monogram where he just, you know, rapping. And then you got Quarters where he really just popping off on. Them. And then it's another one called Chosen with him and um this dude that's been as that can really rap on um Conway's personal label drum work named Jay Skis and they just going back and forth with all the ESPN sports references on the it's it's a fun record. So definitely check out Conway Won't He Do It. And then the next album I'm looking at is um from this basically experimental rapper named Billy Woods Maps. And so for all the people out there that really like um I guess you could say a spoken word type rap or like rap that's really like weird and like different from like the norm. I think you'll be into him. I think compared to his other albums, it's less intense and it's more about the <laughs> basically his experiences being on tour, you know, having, I guess, increased notoriety and just the, and just the, uh, bittersweet moments of of leaving your home leaving arrival to this new place and then coming 
coming back home, not recognizing the home you <laughs> you left anymore, you know, and stuff like that. And so, if you're more into like the experimental type and experimental slash abstract rap type beats, you'll like a uh, maps by uh, Billy Woods. And so, my favorite songs on here was NYC Tap Water, where he basically just He's basically coming home from like being on tour, like being out in the world and just seeing things that are still the same and some things that have changed and some things that just, you know, that just really, that just really never changes, you know. And then um, you got Houdini on there, which is a really chill, laid back type beat. And then you have... um. Babylon by Bus, where he says, um, one of my favorite lines off the album, which I thought was really poetic, where he said, actually, it was two lines. Well, actually, yeah, it was two lines. It was like, he said, he said, America got caught blacking by 9-11. They, they just want, they just want me to tell them good news, like, grandma went to heaven. And I was like, yo, that's, that's a bar. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out what he really meant by that, but that was a bar. And then it was another song I like called Rapper Weed. Um, good good laid back track. And then you have FaceTime with him just having, you know, spousal issues because of the distance between them. I think he's talking about him and his baby mama just really having fallen out and issues because of the um the long distance nature of the relationship, I'm guessing. But I'm guessing it's complicated because like he doesn't really say if they together or not. And then you have like this great hook from Samuel T. Heron, who I never heard of until this, until that song. And then you got Year Zero with, you know, Danny Brown going crazy as always and Billy Woods. And then really, probably, probably competing for like dopest beat of the year. And then um, you have Soft Landing. Where it's just like laid back, mellow, you know, very much vibey in a sense. And so I can't really describe what that song's about because I'm still figuring it out myself. But yeah, moving on, you have um, Lloyd Banks. My boy Lloyd Banks and The Course of the Inevitable Three, which is his third installment and probably his last installment. I'm not going to lie. But... With that being said, the third installment, that might be his best one out of out of all of the um series he has. And it's it really gets personal and introspective, especially with like the standout song for me on there, which is called Voices, where he's talking about the trauma he has from his childhood. We're talking about his inner child, and then like just the the battle scars he has from Dealing with mental health issues, dealing with the dealing with all the crazy stuff he's been through within the music industry and whatnot. And then he has a song with Method Man on here called One Hundred and One Razors, which go crazy. And then he has like this whole uh song called Automatic Pilot with Vlado and Dave East, where they just all have stellar verses on it. And then he has um this kind of up tempo song called Keys to Success, where it's just like, do, 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 do. And he's just keeping up with the tempo, like, 
Not in the same way the, the Migos do like that triplet forward of it, but it's good. And then, okay, so I'm going to move on. And then it's this EP by uh, Mike Shab called Shadow Moses, which, man, if you haven't heard of Mike Shab, he the next one coming out, next next young rapper coming out of Montreal, Canada, man. Yeah, man, he he's really good at, like, Keeping a presence on the album, keeping a presence on the track with his voice, and doing all the other like bump bump bump, oh yeah, that's that's him. And then he's paired up with another Montreal rising star, um, the producer named Nicholas Craven, who had a stellar year last year. And if you don't know who Nicholas Craven is, or haven't heard some of his drumless beats. And go ahead, go to um, Rate My Music and type in that man's name and look at all his production credits. Like, he's he's really out here, man. <laughs> really working. And so, I like all the songs on his albums. Like, this, I mean, EP. And this has been, like, the most played project for me. Like, just this past, these past weeks. Actually, for, like, a month. Really. And, like, the highlights on here is... um. Basquiat, especially with the um, with the B switch where he he's um he's still mourning the loss of the, uh, I'm guessing his brother or like his close friend, and you can hear it all throughout his album, especially on Play for Keeps. But then you have like another standout song called All Greatness, where it's like the sound is like. And it's just amazing. So um yeah, definitely go ahead and um check check that out too. And is there any yeah, those those are two songs I'll say definitely check out off the EP. So then um we moving up, we moving on to um if George Bush was cool, which is um another rapper out the city, man. Named Vic Spencer, who's been killing it, and so he had a um, he had uh another album. I'm forgetting the name of it, with um a, a producer slash rapper named Thirty Eight Spech, which I didn't like the beats on that a little bit. It was kind of awkward, since like the beats usually fit for like, you know, traditional boom bap type rappers, which Vic Spencer can do, but like, he can do so much more stuff. It's like. So I was looking forward to hearing this album, which all the production on here is good. And like, and like the standout songs on here for me was Minor Sacrifices, Pelgamus Package. Um, yeah, I probably said that wrong. Chronic Melody, Cottage Grove Seminars. And um, I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. And then, um, we got the Great Escape by Larry June. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. Sixty days, sixty days. Hey, 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 yeah. My boy Larry June, he came up, and he showed up on this album. Like, if you just not, that's if you just need some music to like drive to, or like some music to relax to, and like you're not looking for any bar heavy rappers. Looking for like motivational music, 
you go to Larry June because that's that's his style of rap. But I really feel like this album is cool, it's great, but like I feel like it sometimes can put you to sleep at certain moments a little bit. And um he sometimes Larry Jones just drowns out and like the beats just really just carry him to that across the victory line. Shout out to Alchemist because the man's a goat. And so my favorite songs off of here is you got um Summer Rain. Summer Rain, please go again. Then you got Left No Evidence with um the rapper slash producer named Evidence, which he steals the show basically. Um, 60 Days with an Alchemist, where the Alchemist, you know, get back into his rapping bag and again have a better verse than Larry Jones. Which on this album, it's not really that hard since like he's just coasting, I feel like, but it works to his 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 benefit and his style. And then you had uh Maggie's Candy House, um, Porsches in Spanish, um, 89 Earthquake, and uh, What Happened to the World. Um, let's see, is there any other? I feel like there's one more song missing that basically the whole album is for this fire. Just <laughs> basically named like almost half the songs off of there. So, like, if that don't tell you much, go go check it out. And then you have Ways of Knowing by Navy Blue. Man, when I tell you, Navy Blue, Sage El Session, man, has been going off the year 2020. He's been going off. And, like, if you don't know, you're going to know now. It's, um, check out his album, Ways of Knowing, Navy Blue. It's very much healing to the soul. Very much talks about spirituality. Talks about, you know, just his, um, you know, his relationship to his, um, his long and gone grandpops who, um, passed away. And all the, you know, lessons and the love he he gave him you can hear that through the album and um yeah it's it's very much like uplifting it's it's love it's it's like bliss almost like i'm gonna talk about this more when i get to reviewing this album but it's really dope and the production from um bungee or boogie is really good budgie i think yeah i think it's budgie because like for the whole entire album, he used, he's, he leans very much into, like, the gospel samples and, like, the way they do their choruses, the trombones, the sounds and all that. So, it's it's really good. And so, for my favorite songs off of that was um, To Fall In Love, which I feel like most of us can all relate to if we've been in a relationship where we felt like we just had the one, but, like, we slept up and somehow... Fell, fell beneath the standards that we needed to be to be in that relationship and it was just a it's just the now that you you know you can appreciate said person and you just want one more chance and you know and like how did how did we get here type beat i heavily related to that because i was like dang i feel like that song was for me and then you got um life terms where he just like, that's just the way it goes. You know, just dealing with 
stuff that happens within life, man. Just life turns, just the way it goes. And then you have Shadow Shield, where it's just like this heavenly, just gospel sample, where it's just like, ooh, ooh, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> and then you have um, Window to the Soul with Kelly Moonstone killing a feature and like Navy just basically showing off his penmanship in man and he just popping off <laughs> that's all I can really say and then you got Freehold man I <sighs> Freehold definitely definitely sound like it could be in a in a church choir if you just clean it up a little bit play some of the verses man when he said I can't do this on my own. Oh, this constant slowing on me. I can't do this on my own. I'm sorry, that's and with the chorus in the background, just uh, it's just a it's man, it's it's one of those songs that can just get you out the rut. Just comes with so much life and energy and whatnot. Okay, and so then. Yeah, okay, so enough about Navy Blue. Yeah, I already told y'all to check him out. So now we're going to move on to an album that's called Scaring the Hoes. You heard that right. Scaring the Hoes by um, JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. To expect that I expect chaos from this album, it's definitely what I expected, man. The fitting of JPEG, Mafia, and Danny Brown, it makes sense. Because they're just chaotic fun. Like, just chaotic. The beats that JPEG, the, the production he does on this, is very good, you know. It's very much on par with JPEG's production, where it's just like, he'll just take any sound bit, sound click, mix it in with some gospel samples, or some R&B samples, and make it work. And um, he does it on here. Like, one of my favorite um, songs from here, well, the, my favorite song from here, which is Orange Juice Jones, the man sampled a Michael Jackson record, yeah? He, he sampled it. Like, you could hear it. how it feels Michael. <laughs> you can hear that in the back, in the background of the beat, and it's just amazing. And then other songs on here I like was um, God Loves You, where he samples this uh, gospel song where it's like, take me out, take me out, turn me around. Yeah, that was that, was that jam on there. And then you got a... Uh, you got Lean Beef Patty, that was good. And you got Burst Fit, that I like. And so, yeah, it's, it's just overall a solid album. And um, I think y'all should check out that. And then last, but definitely not least, we got our boy Young Murphy, Young Morpheus from Whence It Came. Man, if you don't know who Young Morpheus is, man, that man literally is just so mellow and chilled out. 
And like every couple of bars, he gonna say something about the white man. <laughs> he said, man, he said hitting shit with the money bands. <laughs> Talking shit, he a fucking fan. <laughs> Crackers always trying to test the hand or some crazy stuff like that. And like, I definitely talked to somebody who talked to that man. And he was like, yeah, man. His white fans at the shows be, be eating it up. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> Mans be wild a little bit, but like, he's a smooth rapper. Like, his whole style of rap and his production, his flow is very just easy going, chill. You can, you can study with it. I don't know, relax, kick your feet up, watch TV while listening to it. I don't know. Clean the house while listening to it. It's pretty dope. And so the songs I like off of here was um, Casanova Bread, um, Escovish Fish, where it's like, I feel like that's sampling an R&B record because it sounds familiar, though. But um, the other song I like was uh, What Would You Won't Do? And then Faded Memories, like the last track off the album is just, wow. Great way to end the album. And so as we get as we get down to the wire, to the end of the episode, I hope basically everybody enjoyed. And uh look out for um look out for one particular episode I'm finna do, which we finna be talking about drill rap in Chicago and like that whole little scene right there, because I, I got some thoughts. I got some opinions with that one. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you farewell. Goodbye. Doo-doo-doo.